welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha Noah. It's the second parasha of the book of Bereshit. And um, in this parasha, we see how Hashem is fed up with humanity. People have become very depraved in every sense of the way. And he decides to send a flood to the world, a mabul, and only save this very righteous family, the family of Noah. And we see that when the Torah is speaking about the animals that came into the ark, that they chose to bring into the ark, the Torah states from the pure species of animals and from the species of animals that are not pure. And uh, it's interesting, the Torah never says more words than necessary, usually tries to speak the less, say the most, but with the least words. But in this case, instead of using the word impure to say the impure animals, the Torah goes that extra mile and adds a few more words to the line and uh, it's careful not to see not to say impure it says the not pure animals and from here we learn rashi teaches us that uh, that it is very important to use refined language when we are expressing ourselves about other people so much more here they're talking about animals so much more about other people not all, only other people but anything in the world the rebel lubavitch was very much into speaking in a positive way and verbalizing things in a positive way and not using the negative but in this case the the, the torah what is teaching us is to use pure language a rectified language refined language and to be very careful not to shame not to bring humiliation or shame to other beings so so we see from the siha siha from the rebel Lubavitch, that just as our Torah reading contains this instruction regarding speech, it also talks about an incident in which we have to also be very careful with our eyesight and we have to always refine what we look at. And we see the, the Torah relates how Shem and Yefes took the utmost care not to look upon the nakedness of their father. So when Noah came out of the ark, the first thing he did was build a vineyard. He, he, he planted a vineyard and he became intoxicated by the wine. And you know, when a person is intoxicated, it's not a nice thing to look at. Like when a person is under the influence of alcohol and is intoxicated, it's a very sad state of a person. And we see that he became intoxicated. So what happened was that his son Ham, he had three sons, Ham, Yefes, and Shem. This son Ham, he went into the tent of his father and he saw his father's nakedness. And there's some commentaries in the Torah that said that, that he castrated his father, that he sodomized his father. He, and he came out not talking nicely about his father. He came like making fun of the state of his father. So we see that when, um, when his other two sons, Yefes and, and Shem, came into the tent, their intent was to not look at their father's nakedness, their intent was to cover their father's nakedness. So the way that in, in which they came into the tent was that they walked backwards without looking at the father. And when they came, they came backwards and, and covered the father and then walked out. They didn't look at the father. So this story raises a question. 
After the Torah tells us that they walk with their faces backwards, it is obvious that they did not see the nakedness of their father, for they were facing backwards. Obviously, they didn't come in with the intent to look at the, the sad uh, state of the father. They came to help their father, to, 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 to cover him, to honor him. And it says, what does the phrase, they did not see the nakedness of, of their father add to? As I said before, the Torah never says more words than necessary. It usually tries to use the le least amount of words to say a lot. Here you see how the Torah says that they walked backwards uh, with their faces backwards and they did not see the nakedness of their father so obviously if they're walking backwards they did not look at the father obviously so what is the whole thing about the Torah explicitly saying to us that they did not see the nakedness of their father why does the Torah add this phrase and so we must say that the verse is teaching us a concept and, and a unique quality that can be learned from the conduct of Shem and Yefes, which we would not know from the previous phase, a phrase in which it says they walk backwards. So this, this extra phrase is teaching us a quality of these two sons. And to be able to answer this difficulty, there's a teaching of the Baal Shem Tov, a famous teaching of the Baal Shem Tov, that says that when a person sees an undesirable quality or character trait in his colleague, and his friend, this indicates that there exists within himself something very similar uh, to that undesirable, un under, under, undesirable quality. Like a person who looks in a mirror, if his face is clean, he's gonna see himself, the mirror is gonna reflect a clean face. But if he sees the face is dirty, it's not that the mirror is dirty, what is dirty is his face. So if however, he sees this filth or a blotch in the mirror, it is because of his own um, face is dirty. So we see that on the surface, why is it necessary to say that seeing evil in a colleague denotes a quality, uh, like a quality and mirror of the evil of the onlooker? Why is it not possible that this evil be apparent only in one's colleague and not exist within oneself? So this is something that has troubled many people, that what you see in others really says a lot about you. When you see someone and you see something undesirable in them, it's because you have a certain trait of that. Maybe it's not in that extent, maybe it's not as big as they have it, but you would not see it if it's not because you have it within you. And, and to prove this point, uh, you can have a group of people in which nobody has a problem with a certain person and then there's this person that sees so many flaws on this person that exasperates them. And you ask the other people and they don't know what you're talking about, they don't see that. So the answer is, is that really when we see things that we don't like in other people, we have to really look within ourselves. And um, it's, it's interesting, I was teaching this class to someone and she said to me, I don't understand, I, there's a certain person that drives me crazy because this person is false. What he, this person thinks, says and does, doesn't go, it's not aligned and I feel that this person, person is not truthful. 
how can I have that if it bothers me so much? The, 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 that person doesn't have that. That, uh, that person, I see that in that person and it bothers me so much. How can it be that I, I have that same, um, that same um, uh, quality? And so I said to her, well, maybe if you look at it, you hate false. You, what bothers you so much is that the person is not truthful. It, you, you're a person of truth and it bothers you a lot. And I said to her, maybe there's something in your life where you wanna be truthful and you can't be true to yourself. Maybe there's something in your life that you would like to be truthful to you and you can't be truthful to you for whatever reason. And so she said to me, you know what, you got me. You got me because yes, there's things in my life that are, I'm not living up to who I really should be. And so yes, maybe in a different degree, maybe in a different level, maybe you're impatient, so this person makes you impatient and maybe you have to learn to be patient. So all these things that, that bring out the, the, the ogre in you with a person, you really have to see that it's really there for you to be able to also correct yourself. So, so we see that uh, we learn in the Torah that everything that happens in the world is really hashkaha pratis, is, is decreed by Hashem, everything has divine intervention. There's nothing in this world that happens without a purpose. Everything has a purpose. The Baal Shem Tov says that even a, 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 a leaf that falls from a tree that you would think it's random, it's not random. If you look closer, maybe you'll see that that leaf is covering a little worm that is being scorched by the sun. So, so it says that every, every event that happens in the world is, is controlled by divine providence. And even this event that one sees an undesirable quality in a colleague does not happen by chance. You're not gonna see something in your life that is not there for you. Everything you see, everything you experience, everything is designed for you and it's ordained from above. And since God did not create anything in this world without a purpose, it is impossible to say that a person would be led from above to see an undesirable quality in a colleague without reason. If you see something you don't like, there's a purpose for it. There's a, there's a reason. It's not for you to go and, and do la shonara about it, to talk bad about that person, to see that person in a bad way. In reality, there's a purpose for it. So, so why is it necessary for one to receive this lesson indirectly? Like Hashem, why does Hashem have to show us our flaws through other people? And in reality, it's because the world is a, is a mirror of ourselves. So if you're a person that's always encountering negativity in the world, then you have to look within yourself. Am I a positive person or am I a negative person? What is God trying to tell me? So, so it says that uh, the way that Hashem does it indirectly is to inform us about our own, our own flaws and we can see our flaws through the friend, through the colleague. And because love covers all flaws, how much more so is this true with regard to self-love? So people usually, they self-love themselves, they, they, they have themselves in very high regard. And, um, and when a person is the judge of the world and he's judging everybody, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of arrogance in him. He cannot see 
that he also has these flaws. So there, therefore, the way to bring a person to realize his own shortcomings is to give him the opportunity to see them as they are mani manifested in their colleague. When he sees the drawbacks of these shortcomings and undesirable qualities in his colleague, and when he contemplates his own situation with a serious intent, he will come to the realization that the faults he sees are in truth his own faults. And to reward the above statement, all the blemishes that a person sees outside of himself are a result of his own blemishes. So this is a very hard pill to swallow. Um, it's not easy to come to accept this reality. But on the other hand, one can see that, you know, Hashem is kind to us and he's merciful. Because if he wouldn't do it in this way, how can you know that there's something inside of you that needs to be corrected. So a Jew's mission is not only to refine and elevate his own self, it's not only about you, it's also about how can you help someone else refine themselves? How can you help someone else rectify themselves? So it says in the Shulchan Aruch, the sages teach, that the law, Jewish law, is that when you see someone sinning, when you see someone doing something that is not okay, you have to admonish him. You are obliged to tell a person, hey, or if a person is saying Lashonara and it bothers you, you have to say, okay, this is not right. You cannot be saying Lashonara. This is what goes against the Torah. You cannot talk bad about other people. You have to help people become better. But also the Shulchan Aruch says that if a person is not in growth mode, a person is not uh, wanting, he's not in the, in, the, in, the, in the state of mind of wanting to be a better human being, then it's useless for you to admonish them. It's better not to say anything, and it's better to draw them in with love, to teach them with your example, to teach them with love. Imagine if, if I would go out into the world and start admonishing every Jew because they don't keep Shabbat, I'm not the policeman of the world. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna be okay. But if I open my home and I invite people to my Shabbat table and I show them how beautiful Shabbos is, maybe I can influence people to become closer to Hashem. So, so it says the true intent in showing the person the undesirable qualities in his colleague is so that he will that he will admonish his colleague and help him to correct and improve his conduct so yes we have to be people that care about other people i know it's not easy i know that sometimes it's there's situations where you just can't do anything because the person that you see what you see and cannot be changed because they don't want to change, it's very hard. But you cannot change people, but you can change yourself. When you see people that are living a life that you know that it's not the right way to go and you can't do anything about it because nobody likes to be told what to do, then you have to look within them and say, okay, I have to be true to myself. I have to really live the way that Hashem wants me to live. And you yourself have to empower yourself. So the Jewish people never serve merely as an intermediary through which God's intent concerning another matter can be achieved. We cannot say that his ultimate intent is directed towards a matter that is related to him, uh, in, his, in relation to him. 
in contrast, all other created beings, even the sublime spiritual worlds, were created for us. So a person should look at himself and think the world was created for me. This is the, the right way to look at the world. This is what the Mishnah says. It's an obligation to, to look at the world and say the whole world was created for me. Like everything that you experience, everything that you see, everything that you read, everything that you hear, is there to help you become the best version of yourself. So, so just as this concept applies with regard to, to the Jewish people as a whole, so to it applies to every individual Jew. It cannot be said that one Jew must serve as a mere intermediary for a colleague. Instead, God's ultimate intent is focused on each Jew individually. So I know that this week there was a very big controversy on people, on a very important person saying nasty things about Jewish people. And uh, it's, it's a lot of to be anti-Semitism, obviously. But in reality, when people speak about like that, towards the Jewish people. The right approach for a Jew is to look, okay, what is he saying? What, what do I have to learn from this? How, how can I be a better Jew because of what he's saying? So the right response is not hatred. We, we don't pay back with hatred and, and, and nastiness. We're above that. We have to, to move forward and be better versions of, of, of ourselves. We have to grow as Jewish people. We have to be proud Jewish people. We have to keep more mitzvahs. We have to be look more Jewish, eat more Jewish, be more Jewish, because really, this is the way to it. And, 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 and this also applies to this sense of when you don't see something you don't like, it's the same thing. Like, okay, they're showing us something we don't like. And then we have to, each Jew individually and as a nation, have to look within themselves and say, okay, how can I be a better Jew? How can I be a better person? So accordingly, it is understood that with regard to the individual divine service of a person, it cannot be said that the reason a person is shown the faults of a colleague from above is solely for the benefit of the onlooker without any benefit accruing to the person who possesses the faults. Instead, the intent is to benefit the person who possesses the faults through the observance and admonishment and efforts to correct and eliminate the evil person possesses. <clears throat> so when we work on ourselves, when we see something we don't like on someone else, <clears throat> and we work on ourselves to be the best example to that person of how a person should behave, that in itself will bring an effect. So a person, person should never utter an offensive word as it is written and from the species of animals that are, that are not pure. And that the Talmud continues saying something very important, something interesting uh, relating to the Torah and the laws of impurity of, 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 of Saras and when it says that a person is impure, when a Jewish woman gives birth she becomes impure, when a person has a seminal um, uh, uh, goes out it's impure, like the Torah gives us many reasons why a person becomes impure a bad speech, uh, the, 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 the menstruation, when a woman gives birth, if a man 
becomes impure. There's many, many instances in the Torah where the word impure is used. And it's not saying not pure, it's saying impure. It uses actually the word impure and it says it many, 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 many times. It, repute, it repeats it constantly. So why in this case, Hashem goes to the extra extent to talk about these animals as not pure and not say they're impure. And why in the Torah, when Hashem is giving certain laws, he uses the word. So the, the answer for this is that when the Torah is talking about alaha, Jewish law, when it's Jewish law, when it's something that is mandated and this is what Hashem wants, it's the will of God, he uses the, the most... Uh, the language that is the most explicit and, 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 and can give you the right idea and it's not going to go like this uh, as not to make someone feel bad it's going to go straight to the point but when we're doing when we're communicating with people and we're going to talk to them then we have to be careful not to offend and not to humiliate. So God did not create anything in his world without a purpose. Everything has purpose. And there is a directive in everything that a person sees. In this instance, the directive is twofold. So it's, it's as the Rebbe has taught us before, and, and to summarize this parasha, this aspect of the parasha, because every parasha has so many teachings, like it's infinite, uh, it's never ending, is that uh, in a nutshell is number one, when you see uh, when you see something, you should always use good speech. You should always be positive in the way in which you speech. You should not make people feel bad about anything. You should always try to make people feel good. On the other hand, when you see something about someone that is evil, as it says the Torah, evil means evil quality, something that goes against Hashem's will, and it bothers you, it really has two, two reasons. One is so you can help another person improve themselves if they allow you. And the second one is so you can improve yourself, so you can do something about yourself. If you're seeing it, it's because uh, you have it within you in a, certain, in a certain degree. So on this basis, we can explain why the Torah adds the phrase, they did not see the nakedness of their father although it is seemingly obvious from the previous phrase that they walked backwards so the intent to emphasize was Hashem and Yafes their intent when they came into the tent of Noah was not to see the, the degradation of the father their intent was to protect the father was to 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 bring to cover him to not um, make him be um, uh, that the father wouldn't be uh, ashamed. That was their intent. And so the, the, this dimension of nakedness or fault in their father, really they didn't have it within themselves because they didn't see it. The other son, Ham, he, he saw it. He saw the nakedness of his father. So in a certain level, this Ham had this quality of the father. He also had this quality of, it's called Haminut, which means warmth, which means excitability in, in Hebrew. And it's an expression of, of, of a person 
that he gets excited when he drinks and intoxicated and he becomes like animalistic and um and and so he had that that trait also that's why he saw it but the other two sons on the other hand they didn't have that trait so that's why they didn't see it and so this provides a lesson that when one hears or sees an undesirable quality possessed by another person he certainly should not speak about it and tell others as the son Ham did about his father because uh, this makes it even worse moreover one should not even think think badly about that person he should give him the benefit of the doubt that's why it says our sages says Hashem gave us two eyes he gave us a right eye and a left eye the right eye is kindness, is hesed. The left is gevura, is, is, is judgment. So it says, we usually look at people with the left eye. We're always judging people. And with the right eye, we look at ourselves. But in reality, Hashem gave us these two eyes. So we will look at people with hesed, with kindness, and we will look at ourselves with judgment. That we should always look within ourselves to be able to be better. So one should never think unfavorably about a colleague. He should contemplate only what he should do and how he should admonish him so that it will be in an appropriate way. Like the sons, um, Shem, Shem and Yafes, that came into the tent of their father, their intention was not to, to make the father feel bad. Their, their intention was to help the father. And that's, the, that's why they were blessed. Hashem blessed them. He promised them many, many many blessings and um, and we learn from here that uh, this this characteristic if we are able to tune into this tap into this refined sight and refined speech will bring love towards the Jews we will bring a Havad towards ourselves which will become baseless love the reason the temple was destroyed the second temple was because there was baseless hatred People hated each other for no reason. But when we act in such a matter, we arouse within, within ourselves that baseless love towards another person. When you see something you don't like, instead of, of thinking badly about the person, in, instead having mercy toward, towards this person and thinking, how can I make this person be better? By making myself better, to have mercy for others and for yourself, in this way you arouse this attribute of love and mercy from God, and in this way we will be able to build our third Beit HaMikdash. So I leave you here, I wish you a blessed week, uh, we're entering a new month, the month of Heshvan, Rosh Chodesh Heshvan, uh, so you should have a beautiful new month, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.